me today is Derek Wingo, sophomore linebacker from the University of Florida. In high school, Derek started for the powerhouse St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And in his senior year, he led the defense and his team to a 15-0 record, a state championship, and he was named the 7A Player of the Year. Derek, thanks for joining. Of course, thank you for having me. Yeah, man, we really appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Derek, I just mentioned the state title. What do you remember from that season? That season was um, something that can't be recreated. Uh, those guys, everybody was like family. Uh, we had an amazing coaching staff uh, with Jason Taylor, Coach Harriet, um, guys like that motivated us every day, uh, got us after it. We had some of the top players on our team, uh, Marcus Dumouville, Marlon Martinez, Marcus Roseme, um, a great young quarterback, Zion Turner, and we just got better each and every day. So um, to end up the end of season 15-0 with a state championship, it was something that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's that's one of these things you see in television, you know, 15-0 season, state title, and you really got to live it. I mean, St. Thomas is a powerhouse, but I'm sure it was really just a crazy experience. I want to take you to a specific moment, though. It's the state championship game. You guys are about to take the field, and for most of the players on your team, this is the biggest game in their lives. Who talks to the team? Do you lead a speech? How does that work? So before each and every game, especially obviously the state title, um, they give a chance for the guys to kind of come up and speak. And they always kind of save me for last right before because they know I'm going to give the either hype up speech or get the guys going. So um, for the state championship game, um, it was a little bit quiet. Guys were kind of nervous. They were going into it. Uh, it was a pretty tough team. Um, so then I finally got up there and I started kind of low and quiet and then I started to like kind of give the team some remembrance and like going back to everything that we've been through and um, losing the state title the year before. That's a big thing that I brought up. And that was even the big thing that I brought up at the halftime speech, because um, within the first quarter of the game, we were down 14 zero within the first, honestly, five minutes. And that's exactly what happened the year before in States. Um, and we ended up losing, but I was saying to a lot of guys, it's, it's all about kind of, we were a second half team. Uh, we always motivated each other to, um, knock back in the second half and be able to work harder. And it's all those sprints we ran after practice and stuff like that. The guys, it was a big team that liked to do extra work and stay after practice. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we wanted to go out strong. So a lot of those guys for the seniors that have been working so hard and that put in so much work. Um, obviously we're all committed to big schools at the time, but that wasn't even in our heads. We were so focused on finishing this last game with everybody as a team, because we were so close. Um, and that ended up kind of get them going. And then we ended up taking the field and I could see it in the guy's eyes from the second we were coming out the, the tunnel that they were ready to go. That's so cool. That was great. How, how old were you uh, during that game? Were you 17, 18? I was 18. Yeah. I j just turned 18. It's a lot of pressure to put on a young man, but it sounds like you guys carried it out with poise and you got the job done. So congratulations on that state title. A lot of people don't get to say they got one of those. Thank you. Something a lot of people don't know is that you played quarterback in high school. Your sophomore year, you threw for 800 yards and seven tutties. Take us back to what influenced the transition from offense to defense. So my entire life, I've actually played quarterback. Since I was a really young, I actually played quarterback and linebacker. And um, probably when I was about 10, I transitioned to kind of fully quarterback. I went to quarterback camps. I was going to quarterback. I had a quarterback trainer. Um, that was kind of my position. And I ended up um, moving over to the East Coast to attend St. Thomas Aquinas. And I came in as a quarterback. And But all the coaches knew that I wanted to play on defense. I wanted to play on defense. And who's going to let their quarterback just go around and play defense? So um, 
I mean, that's how it was sophomore year. Um, ended up having a decent season, lost in the uh, state semifinals to Venice. Um, and at the end of the season, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be coached by Jason Taylor. I think in the future, I'm going to be um, more of a factor on the field, playing on the defense side of the ball. It was kind of what was going through my head. It was um, the dog mentality. Always wanted to get after it, uh, be the kind of animal on the field. And I explained that to him. And after it took a lot of convincing, but I ended up switching over to the defensive side and playing quarterback previously actually benefits me a lot. You, you mentioned Jason Taylor again. When he was coaching you guys, did he ever throw his weight around? Did he ever really put you guys around on the, on the practice field? Oh, all the time. He, he would be super interactive. He's the guy holding the pads. He's, he's pushing back at you. Uh, he even demonstrates the drill, show you how it's done. So he's a pretty cool guy. Can you compare the feeling of sacking a quarterback or getting an interception, something that, you know, defensive players really thrive for. Can you compare that to anything outside of the world of football? No chance. Absolutely not. When you're able to make a big play or make a sack or make an interception and you bring that quarterback down and you just look up in the stands and you kind of just let it all in, um, there's nothing in the world that compared to that. And that's honestly what most players play for, uh, to just have that, that 30 seconds of feeling that you just feel like you're on top of the world. I love it. I hope to see many of those in your future. You were originally committed to Penn State, and then you decided to recommit to Florida. Can you take us behind the scenes of what influenced that decision? Yeah, so Penn State was an amazing school. I absolutely love uh, Coach Sider, Coach Franklin. Those guys were great to me, great to my family. They always uh, looked after us on our visit. It was absolutely amazing. I love the school academically, all around. The, the players were cool. I got to hang around them a lot. But at the end of the day, I kind of wanted to make the best decisions for me and my family. Um, I wanted to stay kind of closer to home. Uh, we were having like family issues and stuff like that. And I didn't want to be as far from my mom. My dad has never missed an athletic game for me in my entire life. Wow. So um, that would have been something that would have kind of affected us a little bit. Him maybe not being able to make games or stuff like that. And I thought that Florida was the best decision for me. Coach Robinson, a great guy, um, always been by our side. Um, Coach Mullen, the way that University of Florida is able to develop players to the next level and just, you know, get publicity and stuff like that to be able to make them who they are in the future and not just being able to play athletically. Academically, University of Florida is also a great school and they can set you up with future connections and stuff like that. And that's what I wanted to be around. Love it. Love it. Go Gators. Yes, sir. There's a video of you guys celebrating in the locker room after a win at UF. All right. It's, I believe the game was over Mizzou. You guys won 41 17. All right. The people are hyped and then pops in coach Mullen, but you don't know it's coach Mullen because he is in a full on Darth Vader costume. What's that moment like for you? So I would say that game was kind of when the season started rolling, everyone started to feel a little bit more comfortable and Hey, we can do this. We can get after it. Uh, we've been working so hard now. We just got to kind of put it all on the field. So after the game, we get in the locker room. For some weird reason, everybody was in such a great mood. They were dancing. Everybody was getting after it. And after a while, we're like, normally Coach Mullen comes in and, like, gives us our speech or whatever. We're like, where is Coach Mullen? Like, I don't know where he is. Like, and all of a sudden, you hear, like, the speakers are blasting. You just hear him come in, hyped up. And, like, you couldn't see that it was Coach Mullen, but everybody just knew. By the way, he was getting everybody riled up. And you see guys all the way in the corners of the locker room just run to the middle of the – the locker room and, and get hyped up with them. So that was pretty cool to see him uh, kind of have that feeling to get us going. That is awesome. You, you could tell it was him by the, by the moves. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. That's great. Um, last year, Kyle Pitts was on your team. 
He just got drafted fourth to the Falcons. I'm sure some of you listeners have heard of him. I'm wondering, what was it like to go up against Kyle Pitts every day in practice? Wasn't the best. (laughs) (laughs) So funny story. uh, My first actual practice at UF, the first day in pads, it's my first time stepping on the field and somehow, some way ended up lining up against Kyle Pitts, like my first rep. And he looks up at me and he goes, he goes, you ready, little kid? Like, and I'm sitting there like about to guard him. I'm like, dang, like this guy is huge. He's everything about him. So lineup obviously ended up, he won the rep. He caught the pass, but that was something crazy. Kyle Pitts is a great guy. He's a great leader. Never seen him drop a ball in practice. Always working hard, staying after practice to catch jugs and stuff like that. Always working with trash to get some extra throws in. And uh, honestly, it was amazing just seeing him progress as the season went on, on the field, off the field. I'm excited for him to see him, what he's got for this next upcoming year. Yeah, I think we all are, especially Gator Nation. So recently, NIL became a thing. College athletes are finally able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. This is something that I think is commonly agreed upon that this is a long time coming. And finally, the bans have been lifted. With everything surrounding the NIL, what's your take on the whole situation? Um, like, like you said, uh, it was a long time thing that was uh, bound to happen eventually. Um, I'd say that the NIL, for some people that are um, freaking out about it, everyone's trying to sign these deals right away and like kind of get after it. But honestly, it's some, a lot of it is not what people think. Like people think, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars as a college athlete. Like that's always not going to happen. Come on. You might get a couple free t-shirts, stuff like that. You might sign a couple deals to make some change. But my biggest thing that I've been kind of focusing on uh, with my agent and my family that I sat down and talked to about is you got to focus on playing football regardless if you want to sign deals and all that. If you're not playing football at the end of the day, nothing's going to benefit you. So I'd say, you know, just keep focused, keep a tunnel vision, make sure you know what you're doing, stay on top of schoolwork. Um, Obviously the NIL is great and it can benefit you in many ways, but don't let that set you aside from the goal that you came to school to do, which is play football. So I'd say that a lot of kids just got to stay focused on the deals and everything's going to come as long as you're successful on the field, off the field, keep everything intact with your plan and your success and you should be all right. I completely agree with you. I think that's a great attitude to have, you know, take care of what you need to first and everything else will fall in line. So dream scenario, is there a company or a product or something that you hope to be represented by in your college career? Um, I'd say my biggest thing is I was kind of wanted to do craft mac and cheese because that's my go-to pregame post-game is, is mac and cheese. So I'm quick, cook it up put some cheese in there, maybe put some other stuff in there. And that's always been my go-to. So I kind of want to be the guy on a commercial eating mac and cheese or my mom's cupcakes. My mom owns a bakery. Oh, um, She makes delicious cupcakes and and cakes and cookies and stuff like that. Um, She brings them to the team. She brings them all over. She does orders. So um, maybe some kind of cupcakes with mac and cheese with my mom. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. So wait, hang on. What's the bakery's name? Uh, Baba Wingo's. And where is it? Uh, In Gainesville. Okay, I'll have to check it out next time I'm there. Very cool. Just to flip around real quick, it seems like you're a pretty notorious backflipper. How old were you when you landed your first backflip? And what's the key to landing one? I was pretty young. My sister did gymnastics, so I was kind of always around it and stuff like that. Um, I would be in the back corner trying to just, I would just go for it, kind of. I started off on trampoline, and I would just um, go for it until I fell and kept falling, kept falling until one day I landed it. And ever since then, I kind of fell in love with it. I love to do them. Uh, kind of feels like you're just floating in the air. So that's something I've been doing since I was around maybe 10. 
Wow. So I kind of just stuck with it, even though putting on 80 more pounds, but <laughs> something I love to do. You make it look easy. I mean, I've seen you do quite a few now in my research. And uh, every time I think to myself, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your best friend comes to stay with you for a weekend. Where are you taking them to in Gainesville? How are you going to show them the town? Um, the first place to probably take them out is uh, maybe to this place called Oak. It's a restaurant that's very local here. Um, I'm there probably two times a week. I love it there. They have great meals um, for either brunch or, or um, dinner. Um, to take him around, I would definitely take him to the stadium. Yes. I would give him a workout first before, and then I would have him run all the way to the top of the stadium and just kind of like have him be able to have the feeling of seeing how big it really is. And when you're at the top of the stadium, you can see the whole campus and all the buildings. So I'd say that's definitely something that's pretty cool. If he does well with that workout, does he get to go to the bakery? And then that's his reward to go to the bakery and get some Mama <laughs> Wingo's cupcakes. Nice. Looking ahead to next year, you guys have a pretty fun schedule. Is there any game on the schedule that you've circled? So honestly, I'm really looking forward to the Alabama game. As you know, for me, I didn't really have the full experience of like a college football game with full packed stadium. So I, I believe that the FAU game is going to be pretty packed because it's the first game back. Oh, yeah. Um, second game of the season over in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium. That'll be pretty cool. But then finally getting to come back home, having 90,000 in your stadium, running out of the tunnel, that'll be my first real experience of a college football game. And that's something I might have to sit down and take a moment to take in once that happens. That's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're all looking forward to that. Derek, we wish you a great season ahead. I hope to see you on the field thriving in your position. I've got nothing but faith in you. Really appreciate you jumping on the pod. And thank you again for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. This podcast is hosted by Scott Eisenstadt and produced by Central Park Sound. Audio supervision, editing, and theme song by Jordan Schiff. Make sure to rate and review this episode. And if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and follow The Scotting Report wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh.